or this afternoon getting them out. All righty. So you got your handout. Got a few things on there for you. Got some scriptures. We're going to talk about a few things. So, so let's, it's the, the subject that we're going to talk about tonight is prayer. You know, what is prayer? That's the question that's going to, we're going to answer. We're going to look at some different aspects of prayer, what it means, what it is, uh, how it's related to. So when you think about prayer, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you just think about prayer? Communication with God. Anybody going to talk, Miss Jerry? What, what do you think? What comes to your mind? When you th- all right, so think about why do we have prayer? Why do we pray? Why did Jason just pray before we started our service? Why do we pray before we have a meeting? Why do we pray before our business meeting? Why do we pray at the end of the service? What, what are we doing? What is that? Tradition? What is that? Guidance. What's that? For guidance. guidance. Okay. Awesome. When we think about it, are we just doing it sometimes just for because it's what we do? We, are, we sit down at the meal. We pray for the meal. You think about it. Are we doing that just because that's what we're supposed to do or what we do? Uh, we lay down at night. We teach our kids to pray before they go to bed. Is it tradition or do we simply uh, just going through the motions or do we truly want to communicate with God? Okay. I mean, he could either do it as a routine, or he could do it and take it serious. You can, a lot of times, rehearse prayers, you can hear them, right? You know, I fold my hands, I bow my head, I thank the Lord for this of bread, amen. But you got that one? Y'all ever use that one? God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. By, our hand, by his hands we are fed, give us, Lord, daily bread, amen. Let's eat. Let's eat. Good food, good meat, good Lord, let's eat. Yeah. Y'all got that one? There you go. All right. I'm just throwing it out there. I want you just to be thinking about why, why do we pray? Because we truly are communicating with the creator of the universe. We truly, and we talked about that this morning, we truly are, are, are trying to understand the reason that we pray and what prayer is. And, and, that, and I shared that this morning, that G, the focal point of Jesus' ministry, one of the things was that he took prayer seriously. And he wants us to take it seriously. It's a communication tool with the Father, with the creator of the universe, with Jesus Christ. We communicate with him the same way through prayer. Truly, there's some different ways to pray. You know, the Bible tells us that we should pray humbly, that we should have humble hearts. We should be humble, come before the creator of the universe and pray humbly. No pride, no proudness about it, that we should be humble. It says that we should ask, you know, in prayer, that we should be asking the creator for things. The Bible even tells us, you do not have because what? You do not ask. Okay? So there's some things we're going to talk about. So what is prayer? One of the ways that God allows his creation to be involved with him is through prayer. So one of the things that he's given us, that's what Jesus taught us how to take, pray. Jesus, please teach us how to pray. And he says, well, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The first thing he said was identify who he is and identify the fact of who he is and, and how majestic he is. That's the first thing. Not go straight to the want list. God, here's what, here's what I got for you today. 
here's what I need. Here's the things that I need for you to, to, to help me with today. He, he already knows what we need. And he, he does, the Bible does say, to bring our petitions to him. But that's not the starting point of it, okay? So prayer, which is personal communication from us to God, not only helps us know about God, but it also helps us to know God, to know him better, to be more intimate with him. For instance, you know, people, couples, whatever, the more you know about somebody, the way you know about them is by what? Communication. Communication. By spending time with them, by communicating with them, by talking with them. So the more you talk with God, the more you know about him, the more he communicates with you. Amen? You study his word. We get some. We get insight from his word. We pray. He reveals more things to us as we're studying his word through the Holy Spirit. Through prayer, we can get more out of his out of his word. Same thing. Through prayer, we can communicate our request to God, confess our sins to God, and give adoration, praise, and thanksgiving to God. So pray, prayer has a lot of different avenues for us. It has a lot of different things. One, we can, we can put our petitions up. We do that every Sunday morning. We have a prayer list of people who have needs that we want to pray for. And certainly there is intercession prayer. We're to pray for other people. We're to pray intercessory for other people. We're to pray for ourselves. And I, I told you that this morning in John 17. Jesus did the whole chapter on prayer. That is actually the chapter on prayer, not the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer or the disciples' prayer, whatever you want to call it. Chapter 17 in John is where Jesus prayed the first six verses. He prays for himself. And he's praying for himself, and he's the Son of God. In the second section of that, he's praying for the disciples, those that God had given him. And then finally, he's praying for all followers to come behind it. So prayer is so important. So the reason for prayer... <clears throat> God does not want us to pray so that he can find out what we need. Amen? He already knows what we need. He knows our wants. He knows our heart. He knows our desires. But he says to come to him. But that's not why we pray. Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8 in your, in your handout. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father in heaven knows what you need before you ask him. It's not about how good I can pray. It's not about what I say, the things of, I'm not good at praying in public. I'm not good at praying out loud. I'm going to tell you something. It's, it's, if you can talk, you can communicate, you can pray. Because and, and we don't, I'm not taking anything away from the fact that God is the creator of the universe and we should be in awe of him and we are talking with the majestic father. He wants you to talk with him. And that's how we do it through prayer. God wants us to, to pray so that our dependence on him will increase. When we come to him in prayer about something, we express our trust in him. And we lay it out to him and we say, you know, these are the things that we're dealing with. Lord, these are things we, we want you to help us with. These are the struggles that we're having to deal with. These are the trials and the tribulations that we're dealing with. This is the fact that, that we've lost family members. You know, these are things that I'm having a hard time with. Lord, these are the things I want you to help me endure, help me to overcome. And that's what he wants us to bring to him, things that he wants us to help him. But he wants us to be dependent on him. And that's why we pray, to be dependent on him, to trust that he will hear and answer our prayers. And that's a that's something, that's a subject we want to talk about. So, so do you think God hears all prayers? What about to unbelievers? Does he hear unbelievers' prayers? What was that? 
He knows their thoughts. But when they pray to him, and and an unbeliever says, Lord, please help me with this. Get me out of this situation. Does he hear that? Think about it. Just think. That's just food for thought. We think about God hears all prayers. He's even answered prayers of unbelievers. And that's what the the Bible says. He's even answered some prayers for unbelievers. Luke 11, 9 through 12 says this. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. Ashley, is this your verse? From this, huh? Yeah, that, was one of that was one of them from this morning you shared with us. <laughs> For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and him who knocks, it will be opened. Now, suppose one of your fathers has asked his, by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he asks for an egg, he would not give him a scorpion, will he? And this, is, this is the Lord speaking to us, all right? As a child trusts and expects his father to provide for him. You know, a, 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 a young child dependent on their father to take care of them, dependent on their father to, to provide for them, is going to ask him for something that they need. They're, they're expecting him to fulfill that need in the way that it needs to be fulfilled, not to give them something that will harm them, okay? Same thing. That's what Jesus is trying to, to tell us. They ought to expect by faith that God will provide for them the same way, all right? Matthew twenty one twenty two says this. And all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So when we ask, we already believe that we're going to receive it. Now, here's the, here's the, the difficult situation. So I asked God to do something, and he doesn't do it. You know, it just doesn't happen the way I want it. Then is that, is, did he answer that prayer or not? What's that? Okay. Exactly. There you go. So it might not have got the answer I wanted. You know, and maybe it was like he didn't, he didn't listen to me. I wanted him to fix this. I, I pray, Lord, I want you to get me out of this situation. I want you to do this. I want you to do something for me. That's a different kind of prayer. That's a request. That's not really a prayer. All right. God does not just desire that our tr- that our trust in Him will grow through prayer. He also desires that our love for him and our relationship for him will grow. And if we talked about growth one time, we've talked about it a thousand times. I mean, the whole purpose that God desires for us is to have a growing relationship with us, that we grow in fellowship with him, that we grow in fellowship with one another, but that we have a desire to seek him more and more. Let me tell you something. How close do you want to get to God? It's a question. How close you want to get to him? Well, and back up then, since you don't answer that question. Do you want to get close to God? Okay, here we go. Now we're getting better. That was an easy question for you, right? How close do you want to get to him? Very close. As close as I can possibly get. I want to get so close to God. I want to be so close to him that Satan can't get a wedge between us. Amen? Because he's going to try to. Man, let me tell you something. Satan, I don't care how close you get to God. He's still working. He doesn't give up. Satan, did Satan give up on tempting Jesus Christ simply because the 40 days didn't work out for him? No. And he ain't going to give up on you. He didn't give up on Johnny Hunt. He didn't give up on, on uh, Jimmy Swagger. Y'all remember who Jimmy Swagger was? Huh? Before the fall of Jimmy Swagger, what do people think about Jimmy Swagger? I'm telling my age now, right? But y'all all close to me, except for a few people, all right? Does anybody here know who Jimmy Swaggart was? Yeah. 
All right. Did anybody here like to hear him sing? Yeah. He could sing. Yeah, he could sing. But the thing is, is he fell. And just some of the others. And so they were, they, they were close to God. Now, I know Billy Graham was close to God. And to my knowledge, there was no fall there. But the thing is, is Jesus Christ, Satan still tried to tempt Jesus Christ even after he knew, you know, that, that he's the son of God. You know, he, there's no way I'm going to be anything in, in edgeway. So he's still trying to tempt him. So we want to get as close to God as possible. And we do it every way we can. That's through growth. That's through relationship. That's through studying the word. That's through Bible study. That's through prayer. But still Satan's going to attack us. But here's the thing. Here's the, here's the best part about it. The closer you get to God, the harder it is for Satan to disrail you. Okay. When you're not close to him, it's easier for Satan to manipulate you. It's easier for him to change your direction. It's easier for him to get a handle on you. But the thing is, the closer you get to God, the harder it is for him to do anything with you. Now, the effectiveness of prayer. Let's look at that. When we ask for things in prayer, God often responds to those prayers. He often responds to those prayers. Our failures to ask, ask God... For things is often the reason we do not receive what he delights to give us. And what the Bible is saying is that there are things that God wants to give us, but he wants us to ask for them. And he's not going to give them to us until we ask for them. James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. All right. On a more personal level, when we look at 1 John uh, 1 through 9, John tells us this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we're, if we're faithful to confess them, he's faithful to forgive us from them. And that's what he's saying is, is we have sins. That's just one of the things of prayer. We can take our sins to the Lord and he will forgive us of those sins. On our own, we have no right to boldly ask God for anything. Because we are sinful people, because we are sinful human beings, we are the creation, but we're still sinful, on our own account, we don't have the right to ask God for anything. You know, we, we deserve hell. That's what we deserve. We don't have the right to ask for God because of what Jesus did for us, okay? Our personal sins should be disqualified from requesting anything from a holy God, but our faith in Jesus, the Bible tells us, is the reason our prayers are effective. Because we trust in Jesus Christ. That's why our prayers become effective, and that's why he hears our prayers. First Timothy 2, 5, Paul says this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, and that man is Christ Jesus. And that's our mediator. John fourteen six, my favorite verse in the Bible. No one comes to the Father except through me. Therefore, God is under no obligation to answer prayers for those who have rejected his son. So God's not obligated to answer an unbeliever's prayer request if they've rejected his son. He's not obligated to to answer any prayers, but he will answer the prayers of believers. It just may not be the answer that we are looking for. So although he is aware of such prayers of unbelievers, at times he does have mercy and chooses to answer them. He does not promise to hear and answer prayers of unbelievers as he does the prayers of believers that are in accordance to his will. So when you ask and you ask in the will of the Father, and you ask, when Jesus said you ask in my name, it'll be given to you. But it, it has to be in accordance to God's word. You can't ask for something outside of God's will, okay? Our attitude of prayer. So let's look at that. Praying accordingly to, to God's will often requires humility on our part, for it requires that we pray not simply for what we desire, but instead of what God desires. 
And we're praying and we're asking God for certain things. We're asking him to heal. We're asking him to help those that are in the sickness, sickness and things like that. And when I'm thinking about this, a lot of times we're asking, for instance, one thing that really hits me is, is the fact that we don't pray enough for lost people. We don't pray enough for lost people. Every time we have a prayer list, we should put lost people on our prayer request. Amen? We, don't, we pray more to keep, uh, keep Christians out of heaven than we do to keep sinners out of hell, lost sinners out of hell. You, would you agree with me? Man, we're praying for people. I want you, God, I want you to heal them. I want, you, I want to keep them here with me. I want you to heal their bodies. That's what we're praying for, people who are sick, people who are in the hospital. But when you think about it, man, we should be praying for those people who do not know Jesus Christ in order to keep them out of hell. You know, the thing is, is I like when, when I do a prayer list, if you don't want to share somebody's name, there's a friend of yours that's lost, you, you've been working on them, you don't know, just, just give out their initials. Just say, I like you pray for, for, for S.J., you know, S.J. is somebody that I'm praying for. I want you to pray with me for this person. They don't know the Lord. Is that not a good thing? Or I want you to pray for Sam. I ain't going to tell you his last name, but he's somebody or she's somebody that, that's struggling, that doesn't know the Lord. Man, we should be praying for that person because there has to be some kind of intervention. I want you to be praying for me so that I can be the witness that I need to be for this individual that I'm encountering at work every week. You know, every day I'm dealing with it. Lost people, so we need to be praying for lost people when we pray. And when we overlook that, we need to be thinking seriously about what we're actually praying for on our intercessory level, all right? We do not need to be completely free from sin in order to, for God to hear our prayers. Let me think about that. Can you be completely free from sin? No, it's impossible. There's only one person who ever walked this planet that was completely free from sin, right? And there was even a time when God didn't answer his prayer. When you think about it, and we're going to talk about that as well. We do not need to be completely free of sin. If God only answered the prayers of perfect, sinless people, then he would only have answered the prayers of Jesus. If uh, it is only because the work of Jesus that he did on the cross on our behalf that God will hear our prayers anyhow. I mean, that's the only reason he's going to hear us anyhow is because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of our trust in him. When we do sin, God urges us to use the gift of prayer to seek his forgiveness. Confessing our sins to God restores our day-to-day relationship with him. Our walk with Jesus Christ, our walk with God the Father has to be bathed in prayer because, because we have struggle and we have issues that we have to deal with and we want to make sure that our relationship is as strong as it can be. All right? All right. When we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive those sins and, and not to punish us because of them. And the, thing, the reason that he does not punish our sins that we commit is because of why? Why does God not punish us for our sins? Because of, because of forgiveness, because of the sacrifice that Jesus made, because of Christ taking on the burden of sin on his shoulders. That's the reason we're not punished for the sins that we commit. Because Christ has taken the punishment for us already. All right? With this encouragement, we should not only seek the Lord's forgiveness for the wrongs that we know we have done, but we should also ask that we declare us innocent from hidden faults. So you think about that. So what the Bible says, we should be uh, asked for, for the unconfessed sin because there's sin that takes place in our life that we don't acknowledge. And that's one of the things we want to make sure that, that he forgives us and we're declared innocent from the hidden faults of the unconfessed sin. In light of God's work on the cross, we should ask for things with a humble attitude. James 4, 6 says this, 
For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud, he gives grace to the humble. Those are opposite words. Proud and humility are completely opposite. You can't pray with any kind of pride in your prayer or in your body or in your actions or in your words. We have to pray with humility and with a humble attitude and a humble heart. All right? Now, when our prayers aren't answered, we join the company of Jesus and the Apostle Paul. Both of these individuals prayed certain prayers and prayed different prayers throughout their ministry, and God did not answer them. Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul. So you think about it. God didn't answer my prayer. And when you think about that, God didn't answer my prayer, well, then, then I'm in the same boat with Jesus. And I'm in the same boat with the Apostle Paul because there were times when he didn't answer their prayers either. Even Jesus, before he was crucified, asked the Father to, to do what? We talked about this morning. What did he ask him three times to do? Remove that cup. Each three times he asked him to remove the cup. And the cup was the, the, the separation from him on the cross. If there's any way to make this sacrifice, if there's any way to do this, to fulfill this burden without the separation, which is the cup that I've got to drink. If there's any way to do it, three times he said, if there's any way to do it, remove it. All right? And that's what he asked. But, it, but he further goes on, and that's the best part about it, is, it, is the second part of that. So um, the second part of Luke 22, 40 says it, 42 says this, Nevertheless, we talked about this morning, not my will, but what? Your will. Not my will, but your will be done. If it can be removed, remove it. If not, I'm going to drink it. Because that's what you've, you've laid out for me. All right. Three times Paul, the Apostle Paul, pleaded with the Lord to take away his affliction. And the Lord did not do so. Instead, the Lord told him this. This is another very common one. Paul's pleading for the Lord to take away his affliction. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9 says this. My grace is what? Sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is what? Sufficient. My grace for you is sufficient. All right? These unanswered prayers do not deter, did not deter either Jesus or Paul's trust in, in God. They didn't change how he felt about God the Father, who works all things together for the good of those who what? Love him. God works all the good, the good and the bad. He's working it all together for those who love him. God will promise us today is one of the biggest promises that he ever gave us. I will never leave you nor what? Forsake you. I'm not going to be, you're not going on this on your own. You're not taking this journey by yourself. This, this life journey that you're taking, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. All right? God still promises us that today. Therefore, regardless of the situation, we can come confidently say, <clears throat> and I think this was your, didn't you comment on this verse again, Ashley, this morning as well? Hebrews 13, 6. What was your verse? Read your verse. You got it? Exactly. Very similar. Hebrews 13, 6. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Same thing in Psalms. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? Nothing. You know, same thing. Man can crucify me. Man can hang me on a cross. Man can beat me. Man can do what persecute me. But when God is with me, he's my helper. I will do not fear any of that. And I've talked about that this morning. Jesus did not fear death. He did not fear what was about to take place. He did not fear anything. He didn't fear anything. 
He didn't want to be separated from God. You think about that. I mean, you think about that. I mean, you think about your relationships with either your parents or your children, how connected you are with that relationship. You think about a time, and let's just, let's just do a hypothetical thing. Think about how close you are to somebody, but there's going to be a time when you're going to be separated, completely separated, cut off. For instance, Patty's in, in Nebraska for a week. Man, in the old days, before smartphones, what we had done? Huh? The telephone call, long distance, and we'd either done you know, person to person or collect or... You can only talk for three minutes or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But, but now it's like I couldn't stand it. I've already I talked to her five times today already, you know, texting her back and forth and calling her and talking to her. Same thing last night. I called her 28 times after we left church, okay? It wasn't five. She didn't answer. She didn't answer, so I, I kept calling until she finally answered. It's not my fault. It's the cell service at y'all's house. Y'all ain't got good cell service down there. Where did she come back? Huh? Where did she come back? I wish she'd come back tomorrow. <laughs> She's not coming back till Sunday night, next Sunday night. So we might not make it. You're right. Constant communication. All right, let's look at some questions. There are five questions I put on there for you. Let's talk about them, and then we'll wrap it up. Why does God want us to pray? Why does he want us to pray in the first place? Wants to hear from us. Increase our dependency on him. Increase our dependency on him. He wants a relationship. He wants a relationship. A relationship won't grow if we don't have communication. What else? Why does he want us to pray? He wants to hear from us. He wants to know. And he already knows, but he wants us to tell him. He wants to share what's going on in our life. He wants to know about, do, do we just bring him the big stuff? The, you know, Lord, should I buy this car? No, I call William, ask William that. Say, Can we take this off my taxes? No. Hmm? Why does he want us to pray? He wants to hear from us. All right, number two. Have you recently experienced any benefits of prayer on a personal level? You prayed, prayed for something that God answered a prayer that, that was beneficial to you lately? No? All right, so anybody want to share? Yes, he does when I get up. I'm so thankful. Let's, let's just let's lay it out. D now. What in the world's D now? Why do you want to have D now? I think you bring some young people together, some vulnerable young people who have been influenced from outside sources, from things that are negative. You, you, you over, not overwhelm them, but you, you pour into them for a weekend. And you share God's word with them, and you invest in them, and you, and you talk with them, and you open up conversation with them. And you try to find out if there's something that you can help them grow in. And then, and then you, you make sure that they hear the gospel. Make sure they know the plan of salvation. And then make sure that, that they can make a decision if they want to. But, but even if they don't, you plant a seed in somebody's life that it's watered and it grows. And from that D-Now group, you got 
missionaries, you got pastors, you got Christians that are strong believers that lead somebody else to the Lord. Amen? Isn't that what it's all about? Was it worth it, Ashley? Terry, was it worth it? You didn't get much sleep sleeping in the church, did you? Y'all want to try? Who wants to try sleeping in the church next weekend? <laughs> well, let's, let's do it on a little personal um, benefits of prayer. How many people prayed for Miss Eleanor the night she fell and hit her head? Everybody. Did, and do we see the benefits of that prayer? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, we saw the benefits of it. That's because they were, somebody was praying for her. All right? All right. Excuse me. Is God required to give us what we ask for in prayer? He's not required to. He's going to give us what we need. He's not required to do anything. All right? He's the creator, but he does hear our prayers. Is there anything in your life right now that might be hindering your prayer life? Is there anything in your life that might be hindering your prayers? When you think about it, you know, what, you know, can God hear my prayers? Is there something that's hindering my prayers to him? That's something, that's a personal issue. You don't have to share that. But that's something you should clear up. That's something you need to lay before the Lord. Put it at the altar if it needs to go to the altar or just in front of God. All right? If so, take a moment and pray, asking God to forgive you for those things that hinder your prayer life. All right? Prayer is important. We don't pray strictly because it's something that we're supposed to do. We pray because we have a desire that we want to grow closer to the Father. We have a desire that we want to know Him better. We have a desire that we want to praise Him, that we want to glorify Him, that we want Him to know that we are the creation. He's the creator. We acknowledge that and that we want to be part of His will for our lives. Amen? All right. Any questions or comments? No, it's not wrong. But you think about it, God's so what? No, you keep praying. That's the thing. All right, so here's the thing. And this is the way I look at it. it it's the same, same way mysterious. It, you could look at it. You're looking like one way you're saying, well, God says, hey, Jerry, I heard that last yesterday. I heard that Tuesday last week. I've heard it every day. You don't have to keep bringing it to me and telling it to me every week. But it's a different thought each day. One, I need you to pray for me every day. All right? I need you. And I, I, I threw this out several weeks ago. We pray. Me and William prayed this morning before church, uh, for this church. The deacon on call prays with me every Sunday morning 
uh, for this church, for the functions of this church, for what's going to take place in this church, for those people that come into this church, those people that might be lost and not hear the, that need to hear the Lord. We pray for things to be removed, out of the distractions, the, you know, that we can focus on you, that we want to hear from you. Those are things we pray about every morning, every Sunday morning. When Patty's with me, she prays for me this morning and let me know she was praying for me, but we pray together every morning. And I ask each of you, to pray for this service every time before you walk in the door. And it don't have to be a lengthy prayer, but to pray for the service. Pray for what's going to take place because we want God to be glorified. We want everything to take place to honor God. And you think about this. Now let me, let me be on, on a personal level. When, you, when I read the scripture, then I pray after the scripture. What is it that you notice about that prayer that I pray after I read the scripture every Sunday morning? same prayer every week but it's the same heart it's the same request one i want god to honor the reading of the word i want him to do that i want him to to be respectful i want him to honor that too i want to make sure that that i'm cleansed before i speak on his behalf to to be able to speak on behalf of god the father is such a humbling experience i want him i want to be cleansed to the point that he allows me to speak on his behalf. And that's the same prayer every Sunday. And it, it, means, this, it means so much to me of what, what that stands for, but it's the same prayer. And so prayer can be as simple as you want to be. Jesus said, don't be, don't be just rambling on. Don't be babbling on because you want to be heard when you pray. I mean, basically said to go, where did he tell us to go to pray? In the closet, right? Go in the closet and pray because it's between you and the Father. You know, go in the closet and pray. So, but I think I'd like, I like it. Let me just tell you something else. The reason, the reason I want you to pray for me is because Satan attacks me every day. I am no different than everybody else. He attacks me every day. And there's a difference between the way he attacks me and the way he attacks other people. So you think about it. So you take somebody that comes to church once a month, maybe. Satan attacks them. They don't come to church for three or four weeks. All right, that's one thing. When Satan attacks me, if I stumble... What is the reciprocal effect of the pastor stumbling? It's a big reciprocal. It's a big ripple effect. And so he puts a lot of pressure on me every day. And you know that, Miss Jerry, based on the fact of being a, a, a pastor's wife. So, so I covet your prayers, and, and I'm praying for each of you. When I send you all a text and I say I'm praying for you, you all think that's just something I tack on the end of it? You don't read the emails then. Huh? You don't have email. You send texts, not emails. Okay, well, I can't text everybody. <laughs> I text my brother William because I know what he's going through. You know, on the, not that I've ever done taxes. I don't want to do taxes. But, I mean, I have worked the amount of hours that he's working, you know, at certain times. And so I know what that feels like. You know, I know what it feels like to be under certain stresses there. But I do pray for each of you, and I really enjoy and covet your prayers. So, all right, anybody else? Who wants to pray? Anybody want to pray and close us out tonight? I got you. Bring it.